this is, this is the heart behind what I, I want to share this morning. The heart is this. What would it look like in a church if we created a church full of people who gave and served cheerfully and who sowed generously, who were an absolute blessing to their community and beyond, and that the smile of God was on us? What would that look like? What would that be like? And that we'd walk together in the blessing of God and we'll get that well done, good and faithful servant, thumbs up from God. How would that feel? You know, that would be a good place. And that's what I, I want to preach you into. And as your pastor, I want to teach you and I want to lead you into a place of freedom. That would be in a place of freedom, not in a place of guilt or fear. We're going to teach you the ways to God. And, and I want to talk to you about this because God wants to add to your life. He doesn't want to take away, right? So how are we going to operate? Well, this is, this, for me, this is like the key verse which speaks to me around this, and I'm going to preach from it, is in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 to 7. And, and the context of it is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and it's around taking up an offering, so obviously it relates. And, uh, and it's worth reading the whole passage, to be honest. The whole pa passage is brilliant and, and outlines it all. I'm just going to pull out two verses this morning and preach from that. So 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 to 7 says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And this is kind of like, this is the question which I continually ask, and I continually pray and try to work my head through, how do we create in church environment cheerful givers? People are going, man, I can't wait to get, I can't wait to serve. I can't wait to give. I'm, there's that excitement, that cheerfulness around giving. Not that resentful, oh, not women churches after my blooming money again. I have to go there. Oh, I've got to turn up and, you know, serve on the, I don't know, the welcome team or whatever like that. Oh, no, the roster's come up. But we'd not be in that place. Because who needs people in that place? Not us. We don't need people in that place. We need people turn up and come on, we get to do this. So how do we create cheerful givers? If God loves cheerful givers, who wants to be loved by God? Yeah. Yeah. Because God loves these, these people. What's the path to blessing? How do we operate, not just financially, but also serving in church? And my heart is that there will be freedom, that there will be longevity, there will be faith attached to how we serve in church. And uh, so what I'm going to do with this verse is we're going to start at the end of the verse, which is the cheerful giving bit, and we're going to go backwards. We kind of like reverse engineer this. Is you up for that? It took me a while to work this out, to go backwards around the verse. So we're going to start with the end of the verse, which says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So let's go with not reluctantly or under compulsion. Okay, who's ever done something reluctantly or under compulsion? Come on, you know, like all the time. <laughs> oh, we'll pray for you later, brother. <laughs> um, to be a cheerful giver, okay, your heart and your mouth need to be saying the same thing. Because otherwise you end up, you're, you're doing something and your heart's not in it and you're not there. And, and if we go, if we look at Jesus in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, so here he is, he, he's about to be betrayed, he's about to go to the cross, 
and he finds himself in this place, and there's this, this wrestle going on within him. And in Mark chapter 14, you can read the story, he goes to this place called Gethsemane, this garden, and he says to his disciples, hey, you guys just uh, sit there and, and pray for me. I'm going to go and, and pray. I'm going to cry out to my father. And so he takes uh, Peter, James, and John along with him. And, and he he's, says he's deeply distressed and troubled. And that there's, you know, there's, there's sweat drops of blood. I mean, this is, this is like, this is the wrestle. This is serious stuff. And uh, he knows he's going to the cross. He knows he's going to face, like, the, you know, the hardest moment of his life. And he says... Verse 34, he says, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Verse 35, it says, Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And, and you find that when you read through it, he, he goes back three times. And the stuff is falling asleep. But he goes back, and he goes back to God and says, "Come on, is there any way this could go differently? You know, can I pass this cup? Well, I mean, everything's possible with you, Lord. Can we do this somehow different?" And, and, and eventually, he he utters the words, "Not my will, but yours, be done." And, and he's giving his life, and that's the ultimate sacrifice, right? You know, we think some of the things we do is hard, but you know, don't want to cross, that's got to be right up there, giving your life. But the difference is that he goes to the cross as the saviour, not a martyr. And, and he goes to the cross out of obedience and out of choice, rather than out of, oh, God made me do it. You know, I had, I had to do that. And, and he counted the cost and he made a decision. In Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. See, he, he worked it. What, what's the joy set before him? It's you and I, isn't it? It's you and I. And, and he came to this place of reconciliation in the Spirit and said, For the joy set before me, I can, I can go through this. I can do this. I can work this out. And, and he goes where his, his heart and his mouth and his actions are all lining up together. He's going, hey, this is going to work out in the end. I'm going to bring salvation to these people. And, and that's how we've got to operate with our, with our mouth and our heart and our actions are all congruent, are all saying the same thing. Because otherwise we get into this place of pretend agreements where you're doing something and you, your actions are lining up, but your heart's not in it. And, and sometimes we can find ourselves in that place. I know for myself, and um, we had three brilliant years in, uh, in Kingsley Temple Church in London. And it was this massive um, church of about 12,000 people in the centre of London. And I was youth pastor. But it was full on. Like, and, and, and it was fantastic years. But by the end of it, like, we were working as pastors. We were expected to work six days a week. There was five services on a Sunday. There was... Wednesday night prayer meeting, Thursday night youth meeting, uh, Friday night uh, miracle service. Every weekend was conferences, Easter, Christmas, um, meetings. <laughs> meetings after meetings after meetings after meetings. And it was a fantastic, and I, and I absolutely loved it. But by the end of it, I was going, my heart's not in this. This is killing me. 
And every now and then I wanted, Priscilla was working shift work, so she'd have to come to church to find me, come to a service to find where I was. And, uh, but, and, and it got to a point where it's going, I'm doing the right things. I'm serving Jesus with all my heart, but my heart's not in it. And, and, and at that point, there, there needs to become a shift. So we moved back to New Zealand, which was awesome. <laughs> and, but don't become a resentful giver. The operate ob- obligation where you're, where you're physically present, but your heart is not in it. And sometimes in church life, uh, which we need to smash, is that there's an overemphasis on loyalty and service and arm twist and manipulation. And I want to, as far as much as we can, and I don't think we can ever remove it totally, um, but as far as we can, let's not do arm twisting or manipulation in church, right? Yeah. Who's up for that? Yeah. It's, come on, it, Paul Stanley, a great preacher, he said this, if your lips say yes when your heart means no, you're driving with your foot on the accelerator and the brakes simultaneously. Have you ever felt that? You go, yeah, 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 and your foot's on the brake. What happens? You just you burn out your engine. You're trying to do that. And, and we have to have that ability to negotiate, the ability to say yes. Say, hey, I'm going to do this for the next year. I'm going to do this, um, you know, I can sign up for once a month or whatever like that. I can, I can give this amount. I can do that. And, and that we operate in that place. Let me ask you, what are you currently doing reluctantly or under compulsion? Clean the house. <laughs> uh, come on. My, my, what, this is my observation over, over years of church life. Is, is that what happens? People go, yes, 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 to your face. And then suddenly one day they disappear. And you go, because that, that, they've been operating in, um, in resentful giving for, for far too long. And, 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 and I've wrestled even preaching this because I think, oh my goodness, if I preach this to these people, next week I'll have everybody resigning off every single roster <laughs> in the church. There'll be nobody serving in any area. There'll be everybody will step down. Go, so this is my fears. This is my pastoral fears preaching this to you. Um, but more important than that, what, my, my commitment to you is that I'm in this for the long term. I'm in this for longevity, that there'll be healthy serving in church life. Not people burnt out but or shriveled up and resentful around church. Which means that we, we, we as a church we may go at a slower place. But I'm actually okay with that. If we can look after people and love people and help them with that. Right. African proverb says if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I'm going, let's go together. And I'd much rather do it cheerfully than too fast. Uh, the next thing I've got here is, it, which, going backwards in this verse, each of you should give what you have decided to, in, your, in your heart to give. So what's in your heart? See, it's, whenever we're giving, whenever we're serving, it's, it's a heart thing. And we need to operate out of heart and passion. You know, I, I believe in this church, and I believe what God's doing, and, uh, and I can see what God wants to do here. And so whenever we're doing something, it's not to get people on board to give more or to serve more. It's not an extra arm twist. It's an extra, come on, let's enlarge our hearts. Let's enlarge our capacity. Let's see what God could possibly do. What does God see around this place? That he would enlarge our hearts, that, that we, would, we get to do this. We get to partner with the Most High God 
to build his church on this planet. I don't think there's anything more exciting than that. And that God would increase our heart. In Matthew 6, 21, where Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And so sometimes I think that you know, we, we need to put our treasure where our heart is. And sometimes that shifts our heart into a place. You know, if you've got shares or investment in anything, what do you do? You, you're checking it, aren't you? You know, okay, uh, is that going up or is that going down? Or where are we going? And invest. Because when you invest in something, when you sow, when you give, when you serve, when you turn up and be part of the team, there's that thing that's, come on, God, what are you doing? It enlarges our hearts. It enlarges our capacity. We take a keen interest. We keep going back in this verse. Each of you should decide to give what you have decided in your heart to give. And with this, I want to say to you, make a decision. Make a decision. Decide what you're going to do. It implies that you've thought about it uh, beforehand. It's, it's not an emotional-based, spur-of-the-moment decision. Anybody been in those, in those conferences where there's a big offering? And they get very, very good at encouraging you around, uh, around the offering uh, and in that. Um, again, my pastoral heart goes, these, don't, these, these guys don't need more money to upgrade their lighting show. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going um, that money would be far better off. Um, and I'm totally biased in, in local church <laughs> around that. And what I'm saying is don't get caught up in the moment Make a decision, be intentional, not haphazard. See, because what happens when you make a decision around your giving and how you're going to operate, it, it stops that haphazard, oh, do I feel like it this week? Oh, should I turn up this week? Oh, I'm serving this week. Should I do it? No, make a decision. Say, okay, I can give this much, I can do this, I'm going to turn up, and it's going to be cheerful, or into it. Let's go there. Let's do it. Make a decision. Make a decision. See, if you had it, if you only go, oh, I've got some bills to pay this week. But I think if you make a decision and serve, God honours that. You know, decide what you do. See, a, a cheerful giver is, is, is about finding that sweet spot around us. And I've made a little graph. You want to put up the next slide? Is the next slide, thanks guys. It's coming. The, the Venn diagram, that's it. Venn diagram. It was up earlier. It was, it was. There we go. Hallelujah, there it goes. <laughs> the cheerful giver sits around this and it's finding that sweet spot in the middle where there's that ownership decision. We make a decision, right, I'm going to do this. And, and then there's the passion, there's the heart behind it and there's the giving and the service and when it connects when you find yourself in that place and I'm, you know obviously I'm talking about church here this morning and giving around us but also in your workspace and all the different things that you do find that sweet spot where you can function and say yep I can agree to do that I can do it and it's an ability to say yes next one it says each of you should give each of you should give. Not just a few. Um, that's like everyone. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly under compulsion. And uh, it's, it's giving and church and Christianity 
It's not just for an elite few who have made it in life. But what I've found with Christian giving is that it's for everyone. You've got the, the lady with the widow's mite who's got this tiny little coin and she's giving and God's person. It's the, it's the person with a, you know, when, when a lush comes wrong, the, the little um, jar of oil. This little bit. And God has that ability to multiply. So I know in church life, and, and, and I love our community, you know, there's some people who are able to give more and some who are able to give less. And that's okay. But each give, be a part of this. Even if you can only give a small bit, what are you saying is, I'm putting up my hand. I'm, I'm in. Let's do this together. You know, I know some people come and say, well, well, I can't give at the moment. I would say you can't afford not to give. I'd say as you step in to faith, you position yourself in that place to experience God's blessing. Because the next verse goes like this. Well, the backwards verse goes like this. <laughs> We're going back the other way. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. See, if you don't sow, if you don't even start on the, on the scale... It doesn't work. It's always about sowing. See, see the, the kingdom of God is always about sowing. If, if you want great relationships, you want to have great relationships, sow into them. Sow into them. It's often that people, people come to you and say, oh, I don't know if I've got your friends, I don't know if I connect. Have you sown into it? If you want your career to do well, sow into it. If, if, if you want your spiritual life to be, to be vibrant, sow into it. It's how the kingdom of God works. If you want to be a part of a great church, who wants to be part of a great church? Yeah. Who wants to be part of a great church? <laughs> sow into it. Come on. You sow into it. See, it always amazes me when people don't sow into areas and they're surprised when there's no harvest when there's no fruitfulness. You know, for the farmer, you know, he's waiting, he's, he's waiting for the harvest. He's waiting for the harvest to come. But if he's forgotten to plant the seed, he could be waiting a hang of a long time, right? We go, oh, that? How, come, how come it's barren? How come things not happening here? He's forgot to, he's forgot to sow. You wonder why you found yourself in a barren place around some of these areas. So, you know, I, I would... Personally, say I'm, this is a little bit left the centre. But if you're trying to buy a house in Auckland, which needs a miracle, let's be honest about it. And, and, and every time I've bought a house in Auckland, it's, it's required a miracle. That's the time to sow. That's to say, God, I need a miracle. I'm sowing. I'm expecting God you to come through on this. And I tell you what, God can write off, you know, twenty grand, thirty grand, and. 20 seconds at an option or whatever, and the ability to do that. So I'd say, if you're, if you're expecting God to move in the world, if you want to, can I encourage you to say, God, I believe for a miracle. I'm putting this down. So give generously. The call right throughout New Testament, New Testament giving is generous giving. It's generous giving. And, and, and there is a reward attached to it. It's not just so that, you know, the church is going to suck me dry. No, no, no. 
God's a good God who his heart is to bless you. He's a good God. And that would hear that well done, good and faithful servant would come upon us as we give. You know, I, 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 I want to honour um, all the absolutely ridiculously generous people in this church. This church runs on just some amazing people who just give generously and who serve ridiculously, who turn up amazingly. And, and the, the, the blessing of God, that the goodness of God rest upon you this morning, that there would be a harvest. And I don't want to promise you, and I never, you know, around this, I'm, I'm, I promise you a Mercedes Benz or anything like that. I think the fullness of the inheritance of God is, is in heaven. But I still believe that on this planet, there's, 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 as we sow, there's a blessing, there's a reaping, there's a harvest which is available to us. So let me just, in conclusion, remember this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves her. Who are we? Come on. Let's be... <laughs> cheerful giving. <laughs> Let's be cheerful around this. Why don't we just stand? I'm going to pray for you. Let me pray for the blessing and the purpose and the goodness of God upon you. This will not be an arm twist, not be reluctant, not be manipulation. I hate spiritual manipulation. Not into it at all. But I know there's something which happens in the goodness of God as we step in this. Dear Lord, right now, what I pray, Lord, in this place, Lord, that you would continue, Lord, to enlarge our hearts. Lord, enlarge our capacity, Lord, to see what you are doing, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, stretch us. Cause us to increase. Lord, so that we would sow generously. We'd be people who are generous. Lord, who would live open-handedly. Lord, we'd be generous to others around us. Lord, it would speak life into people. We would give and keep on giving. Lord, it would bring, Lord, with humility and grace, Lord, your kingdom would come to this place on earth. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would see, Lord, a great harvest. Lord, a great harvest. Lord, even in this area, Lord, in this church, Lord, you've called us, Lord, to sow, Lord, into this place. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as a church, Lord, we would expect Experience your ongoing blessing, your ongoing goodness around us. In the name of Jesus. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Amen.